0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport,
1: powered by fans.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds.
2: hello and welcome to episode 209 of the Stacey us podcast it's a bank holiday special and today gary that's me is your host and i'm joined by chris how are you doing mate hello yes very well thank you good to be back and it's nice to have a, a home win to talk about as well. Isn't it just? I, I've just realised, I don't know if I'm actually on the right um microphone or not. Is my sound all right? It sounds all right to me, yeah. No, no scuffling there. Good, there we go. Nope. Yes, it is, it is nice to have a home win. And that's not why we've decided to do the Bank Holiday Special. Um It was always going to be the case. Charlie has been recording um, with Joe from Argyle Life. Um, really, really good preview. So we thought, well, we ought to do that justice and we'll come on and... and Talk a little bit about Lincoln City beforehand, but you had quite a unique experience, I think, yesterday at the Plymouth game, didn't you?
0: Yeah, well, it was the first time I've um, done a match day. Oh yes, of course. Yes, the first time I've done a uh, a Legends Lounge uh, game. I've never done it before. Um, one of my neighbours actually in rugby, Sam. It's his. Uh, it was his birthday, big birthday, and yeah, I think there was sort of fifteen or sixteen of us. I only knew, knew a couple of the lads, but the fifteen or sixteen of us went. Um I did the whole the whole Legends Lounge experience, which was uh which was good. It was it's, it's not something I'd like to do every time. Um my seat is in a better position. Um but but I think it's it's a really good it's a good uh, it's a definitely good experience to get a bit of grub beforehand and have a nice bar to go in with nice beers. Yeah, it's good. Did you have the food beforehand or was it just a beer beer experience? Yeah, we had we had the food as well. Um we met up and went to Weatherspoons for breakfast at 10-ish. Half ten, maybe. Um, and then we was in the Legends <laughs> Lounge at, at, at between twelve and a half past, I've been I've been lasagna there as well. So it was
2: fully, I think last time I went in. Stuffed. Last time I went in, I think it because I had um a a, a blog reader and, and podcast listener, John, invited me in um, for the Morecambe game last year. It was bitterly cold. It was lovely to be in there early doors. I think it was like a pork belly breast, or pork breast or something with roast potatoes and gravy. It was the food's always good. It's always good quality in there, and can you it drink out of glasses as well? Can't you rather than plastic? Yeah, what a novelty that is at football. Yeah, and it just and it just so well. I was uh, I was the usual in Gwyn's with um, Matthew, Matt, and uh, Dave. Actually, our friend Dave came to the game yesterday, so we were blessed with his football knowledge. Uh, I say blessed, you know, it's like doing a podcast with Ben, isn't it? <laughs> so that was all good fun. But yeah, I managed, I managed to get a, a neck oil in the, uh, in from Tipsy Imp. Must get Tipsy Imp in there as well. Yeah, so, it's excellent. Yeah. That's made a real it's difference great. to the, the fan zone, actually, Tipsy Imp, hasn't it? Yeah. The queue for their services is phenomenal. You know, it starts snaking round and it's hard to get a drink there after two o'clock. And yeah. I think that it's yeah, you,
0: you know, kind of need to get there early to get one, don't you? But it's worth it, they always have really good beers on. Yeah.
2: They do, they do indeed. And of course, we're in a good mood and we're talking about beer and it's bank holiday and it's it's Saturday and it feels like it should be Sunday and we've still got two days off. Um, but it's always always in a good mood after a home win. And I don't think it was just the win. Um I think it was the performance as well. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, let's start first sort of 15-20 minutes. I thought we came out of the block looking live blocks looking lively. I thought Ted Bishop and Danny Mandrew, um, I think I said it in my write-up, looked to be playing a bit closer to Ben House. It looked like we'd got a little bit more um, a little bit more threat about us. And yeah, you know, I thought that we were probably good for an early goal that we didn't get. Yeah, I think we mentioned that a few weeks
0: ago, didn't we? We said if we were gonna put I think it may have been the first when Mark Kennedy first muted the um potential of going three, five, two. Hasn't really done it much, but he mentioned it the first time we were discussing how that might be beneficial. But we also said that if you can play those two behind house rather than wing as almost as like two tens, two white tens, then um it gets everyone closer together. It gets good footballers on the ball in, in areas kind of between lines. And I thought I think both of them, both Mandru and, and Ted um before he had to come off, were excellent. And yeah. yeah, that first 15, 20 minutes I think um I think we got the ball down. We tried to play. Cheltenham didn't press, um, and often when teams don't press, we tend to try and bait it a little bit. We try and knock it around the back three or four passes. When one person thinks, right, I'll go and close him down then, we then try and get him in behind. And most teams still have the other sort of nine, ten players behind the ball. And it can, it can become a bit stodgy. It can it can feel direct. It can feel like we're just pumping it up above to someone without a target. I don't feel that is what we do. Um, I think there's, a, there's a, a bit of a method behind it. But, you know, we're generally better when teams press us. So what was really pleasing is that we got the ball down and we played through the thirds and we, we got the ball on the ball in some really dangerous areas. Um, I think there was a shot in the first maybe 10, 12 minutes or sh- by Regan Paul.
2: Regan Paul, six minutes. Uh, yeah, p-
0: yeah, six minutes. There you go. So he picked the ball up on that kind of left outside centre-back role um, but had the licence to kind of to progress forward. Um, the wing-back was really high. Boy was boys was really high, which was occupying their, their wing-back, which meant there was space inside for Paul to cut inside. And then he got a shot away, and it was a great, it was a good shot, though. Um, you know, that could have easily been followed in, and it was just a really positive start. Um, there was only probably a handful of the lads that I was sat with yesterday who watch Lincoln regularly. Um, there was there was two, two or three that don't even like football. Um, so, um, but the ones that do go go regularly were kind of saying, "This is yeah, this is a, this is a positive start. It's nice to see a few shots because didn't we have something like forty to fifteen shots, six or seven on target yesterday? So yeah." I think it was a really positive start. I think we'd have been, would have definitely been good for a one 0 lead in the first fifteen minutes. We weren't peppering the goal. Let's not go, let's not go too far, but yeah. we looked comfortable. We looked like we were, we were. We had a plan on the ball with the ball on the deck. Yeah, which
2: we haven't always seen too much this season. I think it's important to underline that we're not getting carried away here, and we're not saying that this was vintage football because um, whilst we played around at times in good areas, and whilst we got into good areas, there was also long periods of the game that felt very much like probably wouldn't go as far as to say Cambridge and Charlton, but it felt like I think stodgy was the word you used a minute ago.
1: And there were mm-hmm. times
2: when it felt that. But you then have to remember that we were playing probably um Sorensen's not a right wing back, let's be honest. And you know, of our of the 11 players that started the game, if you had to pick one and say he was probably the weakest on the pitch, it would be it would be less, and that's not me being trying to call him out because he's an eight playing as a right wing back. Um, but at times, uh, you know, I, I kind of thought I thought it looked a little bit like that, and there was one or two players elsewhere who, you know, we're talking about saying they played well, and they did because they played well compared to what they've been doing. Danny Mandrew is another one who, you know, I thought he gave the sort of game yesterday that you would hope that he'd been given the last six or seven weeks. And he hasn't. And he, you know, it's not that he showed up yesterday. It's not that he could be bothered yesterday. It's that they were tighter, they were closer together. His little flicks were were better. It wasn't scintillating. And this, you know, if that was a a win in the 2020-21 season when we were under Michael Appleton and got to the playoff final, it would have been a. You know, we did enough to win the game, but it wasn't classic Lincoln City. But I think because of what we've been treated to, in inverted commas, at times at home, and I'm even talking about wins against the likes of Morecambe and 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 things like that, it just felt that there was a little bit more direction. Um, and we'll I will kind of come on to the second goal because the second goal absolutely typified it. But I think there was also a little more cohesion as well. I mean, Ethan Arahan, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try... Uh, and be restrained when I talk about Ethan Arahan because if I'm not he will be taking a restraining order out against me um but I love that lad and it's just calmness personified and even there was a lull from 15 minutes to about 40 minutes there was a lull in the game uh, and the the regular people around me were getting angry and oh this is turgid no he's going backwards and there's, there's one guy sits just in front of me always says keepers on whenever they get the ball anywhere and nine times out of ten <laughs> yesterday it went back to the keep and I'm thinking of. Oh, and we're playing into his hands. Um, but I, I, every time I thought that we were in control, I, every time when Cheltenham had the ball, I never th- really felt threatened. I think they had one shot, did they, in the first half that Rushworth beat away? It was Glenn yeah, Reed, that was Glenn Rayer, uh, yeah, Chris's brother, um, kind of had the, had the effort that was powered away. Um, but when the goal came, I'm not going to say it had been coming because it hadn't, but it was. The move probably involved the three players who you expect week in, week out to be amongst the goals and assists and who at least two of them haven't been. Mandrew to Bishop, Bishop creates the opportunity and House finishes it off. And to see our front three all involved with an assist, a second assist and a goal, I think that that was probably the most satisfying thing. Yeah, all three of them were in and around the 18-yard box. It
0: kind of says, oh, goes, yeah. I, I, I imagine, nice I imagine, no, no well, I mean, like historically we said again, again, the, 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 the slight shape change. And I think Mark Kennedy made a point of it in his, in his, in his press conference afterwards said there's a, there's a reason why those particular players were selected. And yeah, it, it just goes to, to show you get those good players on the ball close to close to each other and, and you can make things happen. I agree. It, was, it wasn't the most scintillating football, but it was probably more along those lines than we've had at home. Um, I, I was, I thought it was a great game. I, 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 I was more than happy. I had, I think I said on Twitter, it, it had a bit of an end of season feel to it, even from kickoff. Maybe the weather, the fact that the sun was out probably helped with that as well. Um, I wouldn't say it was turgid uh, at all, by any means. Um, stodgy at times, as we said. But yeah, once we got that goal, I just felt really comfortable. I felt comfortable before it, really. Um, but I felt, I felt, I felt really comfortable that we were probably not really going to be. Under too much threat, and you know, you see, you, you, maybe Ethan Arahan's going to put a restraining order against you. I, I can't help myself. I kept saying to everyone around me, "I think he's the best player in the world." <laughs> <laughs> like, he's this. He's the best player in the world. I love him.
2: Um, so, no, but is- he, but he
0: just, he just allows everything to work, doesn't it? He? he does, does exactly yeah. what we, what we hoped he would when we discussed it in January, which is what Liam Brickup did, which has been the right place at the right time, break things up, keep the ball moving, and it was just, yeah, yeah it's just, it's just
2: allows everything ahead of him just to, just to tick over. You see, what I always hate, you know when Conor McGrandles, I kept calling him the Scottish cacker last year. You know when people do that, like they call a lower league player by a legend's name and you kind he of didn't think, even play like cacker he I know play. It, it, not it, at it all the stupid. same style of player. But I'm yeah, sitting there thinking, too. we've got to do that for Arahan. So on the spot, what would you say Arahan is the Scottish? I wondered, there was two. The Scottish oh. Casemiro... Or... Oh, that's a
0: great sh- in, in like current players.
2: Yeah, yeah. Or the Scottish Vieira.
0: Oh, they're two excellent shots. I don't think I can top that.
2: I've literally just thought uh, that as well. I haven't uh, got any notes.
0: <laughs> oh God, we're going to have to go one of them. I can't think yeah. of it off, of off the top of my head. Yeah,
2: I mean, uh, I, but, 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 I'm willing to do that with him. I'm willing to make that comparison with him. I've never been willing to make that comparison before, but you know, he will win a World Cup. Yeah, with Scotland. He will take Scotland to a World Cup right? <laughs> Absolutely. Not, yeah. I'm not getting carried he, away. Captain them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. not getting
0: carried away, but he's got to captain Scotland to a World Cup victory. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but the, I think, uh, I the, think it's clear Lindor... to see, though. It...
2: Hey? He'll oh, win sorry. the Ballon d'Or, won't he? Oh, of course. It's called.
0: Absolutely. Six years in a row. Um, um, in all seriousness, though, just having him in, him in there just makes such a difference. Yeah. he's the engine. He's the heartbeat. a heartbeat. He just looks a cut above. He just looks... Yeah. He looks... a championship player already. Yeah, um, he does. yeah, we're going to find it difficult to hold on to him for the long term, but he will make us a lot of money if we don't. But so- on,
2: on the plus side, I think he also allowed Max Sanders to probably have his best game since he dropped out the team against Burton. He, he, I think Sanders was, was partly to blame for one of the goals against Burton Albion. I think since then he's been injured, He struggled to come back in. And I thought that he looked fairly effortless. But when you've got somebody like around who's... In front of the defence, who's kind of on, you know, properly on it and, and working it, allows somebody who's got a little bit more on the ball, like Sanders, um, to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say express himself because he's not that kind of flair player, but you know, yeah. it allows him to play to his strengths because he hasn't it got just to works. do. Yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, it's like when, I, it's I like thought when we, Max was good.
2: It's like when we used to say Max, Joe sorry. Walsh makes Cohen <laughs> Bramble better or sorry, I think there's a delay, when Joe Walsh makes Cohen Bramwell better or Liam Bridcott makes Conor McGrandall's better, it, it's yeah. the same sort of thing.
0: Yeah, he, he allows everyone else around him to play to, their, to the best of their abilities, doesn't he? He's, he's that that water carrier. Um, Max is an interesting one because um, it might have been the position I was sat because I wasn't in my normal seat and it was you do get a slightly different view from, from there and you'd maybe see things slightly differently. Max is an interesting one because... I think he's done well when he's come back in. I liked him when he played in, when we played 3-5-2 away at, was it Fleetwood? Was it Exeter? Possibly both. Whichever one he played in. He played in the sixth role. I think he started there last week as well. And um, that's a bit deeper than we'd seen him. We'd normally seen him as an eight. Certainly when we was playing 4-3-3, three, three, he was that kind of box-to-box player. And I liked him in that deeper role. I liked him kind of getting on the ball and getting, getting us playing a little bit. Um, and it may have just been where I was sat yesterday, but I felt, you can't criticize his decision making at all. Like he tends to make really good decisions when to switch, it when to play forward, when to play sideways. What frustrated me at times was I felt like he took an extra touch too often. Mm. And He maybe delayed the pass a little bit, and yeah, the fact that he was given the space to pick those passes is brilliant because there hasn't been a lot of space in central midfield in most of the games this season. Um, so maybe that was that was it. it. Was just enjoying being on the ball a little bit. But yeah, I felt maybe just now and then if he could take a one touch fewer, do do a pass, yeah that little bit quicker it may, it may have helped so I think he was good on the ball he's no denying he was good on the ball I think he hardly lost it but I'd have liked to see him just pass it that little bit quicker
2: Was it notable we're heading into a part of the season I mean, well, I know we're only at half time at the minute but we're heading into a part of the season where um, you know, contract decisions being made etc and you've got Arahan you've got Sanders you've got Bishop you've got Mandrew, you've got House they're all our players and it was a brave call to drop Matty Virtue from Max Sanders but it's also a call that supporters often say, play our players and, and managers don't. You know, you look at Michael Appleton last season, playing Luis Fiorini in the last game of the season when there's nothing on it and leaving Max sat on the bench when Max is our player. I kind of like the fact that we were leaning yesterday very much towards our players rather yeah. than the lone players, at least yeah. from a starting point. So, Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. That's
0: bang on. Yeah. Um... I, don't, I feel like I really criticised Max Dahl. I, I, I didn't want to come across that way. No, no, no. I, liked, I liked that he got a start and I liked that he, he looked really comfortable on the ball. Um, and I think if we can get him, you know, a run of games, he's at, he's at a games, because he's out of contract at the end of the season, I think, as well, yeah, isn't he? he is. yeah. um, possibly. So, you know, is he's partly playing for a contract or, you know, are we thinking are we going to offer or not? And, yeah, the only, the only way of finding out that answer to that question is play him. Um, I think it's an interesting one because it's not like we're playing a Fiorini. It's not like he's playing ahead of Fiorini, um, who was uh, the lone player who we knew we weren't going to get back the next season. Whereas with Matty Virtue, we don't know how big a potential, but we know that there's a potential there. We know that Mark Kennedy's already said he's interested in getting him back in permanently. Matty Virtue said he'd be open to it, but he's going to see what his options are. Um, So I think that's that's a slightly different situation just because Virtue might be Our player next year but what you know if you can rotate those three players in those two positions and perfect you know what that's brilliant it gives you a little bit of strength in depth if there's an injury or a you know a you know a a lack of a lack of form you go right well you can come in for you problem solved it's you haven't got to change anything shape-wise or system-wise you just Mm -hmm. go like for like and I like that a
2: lot so second half kicked off and for me it was the most bizarre opening 10 minutes to a second half have ever seen from an opposition because they lined up and they literally had nine players all on the halfway line waiting to run and the one they were going to play the ball back to and I'm like have I missed something here it looks like I don't know what they do in in American football it's like what the hell is going on and I thought for 10 minutes I'm not going to say they were excellent but we did not know what to do and they were just all over us without creating chances
0: that kickoff was really interesting. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I saw something like that on, I think it must have been on YouTube or something. It was must be five, six years ago. There have a clip from, and please don't quote me people here, but I think it was like the Danish fourth tier or something like that. And it was basically the same as that. It was the, I think it was even one person extra. So the kickoff knocked it all the way back to the keeper. Everyone just buggered off up the pitch and he knocked it forward. And then they they scored directly off it. They got knocked down, and then there was like seven players running onto it, uh, and they scored. Um, I, was, I think the kind of the talk at the time was, "Oh, we, why haven't we seen this anytime soon in in like the professional leagues?" And the, the, you expect the reason to be obvious because if it goes wrong, it's obviously going to go very, 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 very wrong indeed. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. It didn't come off, but they did. Um, they did put a bit of pressure on us in the first few minutes. Um, they had a couple of shots, but you know, we, def- we defended the box really well. I thought yeah. so. Even though they had a bit of kind of territory, I didn't feel hugely under pressure. Still, I didn't feel like we was going to. You know, we was getting torn apart. Our three centre backs once again, which is excellent all game. Um, poor did kind of makes a huge difference with that, doesn't he? Uh, they were all good, but I, I felt that when he's there. He kind of has an influence on those around him, doesn't he? Because he just he, seems to make the right decisions. He he wins he wins his battles. Um and he relieves pressure. His passing maybe left a little bit to desired at times yesterday. Um, but from a defensive perspective, he was just outstanding. Um, but yeah, the that first sort of 10 minutes of the second half, they certainly had a bit of territory. And then I felt we was able to kind of get a bit of control again. And once that little spell had ended. I felt really comfortable, and it was just a case of can we get that elusive second goal? That's been a bit of our Achilles heel at home. When we've been a goal up, can we go and get the second? Um, and
2: eventually we got it, and we deserved it as well. I like thought, spoiler alert, we got it. Um, but I mm-hmm. think what I'd say is, I again, I've written some of this in the blog, so if you've read it and you're listening to it again, my apologies. Um, but I think it changed probably when Ted went off, and that's no disrespect to Ted. But then we suddenly had something different up front, and it might not have it was worked a, from the Just a start. different dynamic, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I thought uh, you know, I like Shadipo, and you know, he's a player that when we were talking about diamonds failed, and this has failed, and that's failed. I kind of always had the caveat that Shadipo was coming later, and we haven't had as much opportunity to see him. But it, Mark Kennedy said, in every game he's played, he's had a big chance, and I thought, has he? And I've looked back, and in every game that he's played, and a, a good period of time, he actually has had a big chance or he's created a big chance. He put one over against Fleetwood in particular. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, he just showed that directness. He showed some really nice feet. He looked like a player who was playing with confidence. And I think if you're coming into a side that's winning one nil and the crowd are behind because the crowd were brilliant yesterday and it hasn't always been the case at Bank. Sometimes it's been a really nervous, edgy attitude, uh, fit sort of atmosphere. And I didn't think that yesterday. It's hard when you're in block three and indeed block two to, to get what the six one seven are saying all the way down the other end. But, yeah, it, it just felt like there was a better atmosphere. He came on, he looked confident. Danny Mandry was playing confidently. Ben House was working hard. And I, when I say everything Shadipo tried came off, again, you know, it's with the caveat that, you know, he didn't come on and create three goals and score two. But in the last kind of 20 minutes or so, he had both our shots on target and he created our goal as well. Or oh, I say he created our goal. I'll go through the exact rundown in a minute. Um. So yeah, kind of. I think he made a difference without us kind of completely going to town again.
0: Yeah, I thought it was excellent. I think that's his best individual performance, and he he played really well against Derby um, when he had the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, until we got this red, red card when everyone was just a defender after that. But he, I think he he, he was good against Derby. Um, he was good, really good against Accrington. Um, so he seems to play well in you know when we when we're doing well, but. Um, I think it was his best individual performance. He seemed to see a lot of the ball um, when he came on. He seemed to be the player that was always getting on it. And he was, yeah, he's a like quick feet, dancing around players at times, good decisions on the ball, knowing when to dribble, knowing when to play a one-two, knowing when to drive with it. And um, I, I really wanted to score right quite right towards the end where we had that breakaway. Um, yes, and he took it past one or two. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he just, I would not say overrun it because he did a hell of a lot of the, everything right there. He did so well just to get in a position to even get near the goalkeeper, took a touch around the goalkeeper and it was just slightly over hit and then it kind of slowed down the move. But I really wanted Mealy to score then because obviously he created the goal and that was great. And um, well partly created the goal, got the assist. Um but I, even though it was only a little cameo, I felt like he deserved a goal. I thought he was I thought he was excellent on the ball. He really did.
2: Well I think it, with injury time it was it was probably 40 minutes. I think he came on on 40, 55 minutes. So I mean he had a you know a good spell on the goal so we'll come on to Alfie May and what the rules are there. You're a goalkeeper. You'll probably um, defend Rushworth and say that May's out of order doing that. Matt. 100%. Matt's <laughs> a keeper and Matt didn't know what the rules were. So he wasn't he wasn't committed. So he scuffs it. And this, this has got to be, for me, the most amount of passes involved in a Lincoln City goal this season. Because it goes O'Connor to Arahan to Plange to Shadipo to Aram to Virtue to Sorensen to Shadipo. He pulls it back to House who finishes. And so in a team goal, that's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight passes in a sweeping move. That was just, it was like playing FIFA when you just keep pressing the short pass and it just keeps coming off and coming off. And then you just, and it was a really smart finish. And people criticize Plange. I've seen him criticised even today, saying he didn't come on and he was greedy at one point where he had a break and the ball was poor. Not only was he involved in the goal, but his run draws the defenders further forward. Yeah, an unselfish run.
0: It's very unlikely that he's going to ever receive that pass. But he's ran to that near post to drag the defender in there so that Giudipo has a clear passing lane for the cutback. And it's a lovely... It's just a brilliant goal. It's the best goal at the centre bank this season, I think, from yeah. a team perspective. And yeah, it was just really, really... Um it's really pleasing because it it wasn't just that it was a good goal. It was a good goal that made it 2-0. And I was 100% confident that we were going to win the game. And I was like, oh, this is just everything that we wanted to happen has happened today. And it's just, it just really nice because we haven't had that much this season. Even in those games, that you can go away and you can put that kind of glass half full spin on it. You can go away and think, oh, we battled really, really hard. But actually, I thought we, we showed both sides of the game uh, yesterday reasonably well we defended excellently and we played a bit more than we than we have done with a ball on the deck and you know we got to one, one good goal and one excellent
2: goal um from it and yeah, it was really it's satisfying. It's the first time all season that we've scored two goals at home from open play and not conceded. There and we the get, only two, that's probably the why only, it felt so good then. Yeah and the only guy games <laughs> where we've scored two at home I think this season were Fleetwood drew 2-2 Derby 2-0 and one of them was a penalty and Morecambe beat them 2-1 and you know, we know that that needs improving on but for me there were signs yesterday that you know, we're in in terms of some of the personnel that we've got we know what we need we know where we need to go but actually there were signs yesterday that there's also a kind of a plan on the field as to how we might be able to do that and, and I think if you put two wing backs Harry Boy's had a decent game if you put two wing backs like oh, when I say Brook Norton Coffee, that's ridiculous because we won't get an England under twenty wing back. But the Coen Bramble, the Brook Norton Coffee, is that sort of attacking wing back in in that formation. I think that it then changes the dynamic because it does, like you said, it does drag the two attacking players. Um, the Mandrews, the Bishops, the Shadipos, it drags them tighter. It gives us so much more opportunity to attack and kill games. And we can still go them to the flat-back five away at Sheffield Wednesday or who might not go up or Derby who won't go up next season and and do the number that we've been doing on them. Yep. Just yeah.
0: Nothing <laughs> else to say. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, we all know what we need. Um, wing-backs to be good. Really attacking wing-backs would be good. What you mean is in terms of those players, it's just that profile, isn't it? It's just someone yeah. that plays in the same style and has that real attacking mentality. Um, and Mark Candy says we've struggled to play against the back four. Obviously, it, that was useful yesterday that Cheltenham played a back three, so he can play man for man against them. But in terms of creating overloads going forwards, if you're playing with two attacking wing backs, two narrow players behind Ben House, that's an attack in five. It's 5 4 You've got an overload somewhere. And it's just... But when you've got that back five that aren't that are a bit more restricted, and you've got two wide wingers against a four or a five, it's you're you're, you're outnumbered. It's it's just a numbers game in those areas of the pitch. It's just creating those overloads and get those wingers high, wing backs higher up the pitch. And it's having the bravery and the confidence to do so, though, isn't it? It's having that yeah. security behind you so you can trust players like Arahan who's going to cover um, that kind it's of open fun. space and the three centre-backs that you you know, have to build that trust and solidity and that foundation to know that you can afford to go forward, knowing that you're going to be covered at the back. You're not just going to be picked off with one ball over the top into the channel. Um, so, yeah, funny, isn't it? What Mark, Mark, Mark Kennedy was saying earlier in the season about building foundations
2: was probably right. Yeah. Who would have thought? the The guy that works with the players all day, every day, knowing more than, well us um, and (laughs) 90% of other fans. So, look, that was, you know, it was a good win. It's 2-0. It's 49 points, I believe, now. Are we on? Yep. Mm -hmm. 49 points, um, which I think that's enough to stay up. I think 47 probably keeps us up, but I think 49 is enough to stay up. So we go to Plymouth, I'm not going to use the free hit because every game you want to go, every game you want to get points. Sheffield Wednesday won't want us to be going to Plymouth thinking it's a free hit. I think Plymouth are beatable, um, but we'll come on to that in a moment. What we're going to have is a word from our sponsors. Bear in mind, please, we did have comments about um, the uh, the advertising. Um, my apologies if they if it doesn't quite fit your kind of, profile at the moment we will work with um our advert providers um so but we don't have any control we don't know what you're about here when we say a word from our sponsors we don't know it might come on it, it might go oh um, i don't know like incontinence pants or something and, and we don't know so our apologies um if it doesn't fit and as i say we did specify that we didn't want the sun newspaper advertising um, but we will also have a word about um gambling as well when everybody returns And and having said that, we're going to go to our sponsors now and you may hear a gambling advert. My apologies if you do. Uh, We'll be back shortly. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds.
2: Uh, So that was a word from somebody, um, and let's hope that it wasn't somebody too offensive. Uh, And now for somebody far less offensive, uh, we have got the recent addition to our podcast, Charlie, and he is talking to Joe from Argyle Life. Take it away, Charlie B. Hello, and
3: welcome to the Plymouth Argyle preview for Easter Monday. You get to listen to my voice twice in the space of the week this week after um, Good Friday's game, which quick warning hasn't happened as of the point of recording this um so we don't know about how we got on against Cheltenham inevitably a draw and how Argyle got on against I want to say is it Morecambe tomorrow?
4: Morecambe yeah.
3: Morecambe yeah I did think so um so I'm joined by Joe from Argyle Life.
4: Evening Charlie you're right.
3: All good thank you very much. So yeah, I I normally start these with a sort of pretty simple, vague question of how the season's going. Um does sound a bit daft because yeah, you're probably quite happy, like we said.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, what we eighty points with eight games to go. Um we had eighty points after forty six last year and it wasn't enough. So um whatever happens between now and the end of the season, you'd be pretty furious if we didn't improve on what we did last year. Um and we've put ourselves in a formidable position. I think to achieve the step to what is potentially quite a lucrative league these days. Um, it's a far cry from when we were last in the division. So um, yeah, only another only another eight more big pushes to go.
3: Well, that's the thing. It's it is very very tight up there. You know, you've got the four teams who all four of you could very much finish on ninety points this season. And to think that two of you are going to miss out if you do it is pretty crazy. So you do need one almighty push to the end, don't you?
4: Yeah, it's, it's it's mad, isn't it? I mean, you know, I referred to it there. We we had 80 points last year and finished seventh. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the strength of League One is, these days is absolutely absurd. Um, and yeah, I mean, as you say, two of the four teams are going to be disappointed. Um, hopefully we're not one of them. Um, but whoever it is, um, I think they can kick back and relax on their summer holidays and say it's a job well done because they're going to have to have fought off three, well, two very worthy competitors, whoever it is, who has to settle for the playoffs.
3: Yeah, very true. Um, So, (sighs) recent form, just looking at the sort of basic stats, you know, you've had four, four wins, one loss in the last five, with that one loss coming to the coming to barnsley who were on one mad run before their loss to exeter so you know it's hardly a loss that you can be that upset about but i guess when it's also against one of the top four that you're fighting with it kind of takes it but on recent form are you playing well are you looking like you're picking up points in every game or obviously i know you are in a lot of them but does it look comfortable
4: are we playing well? Um, that's a subjective question because it depends which part of the fan base you talk to. Um, you,
3: sort, you sort of looked there as if it was a very loaded question.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's it, as I say, it depends sort of which half of the city you, you live in, whether or not we're playing well or whether we're not at the moment. Um, at the end of the day, when you're grinding out wins as we are, um, when we are winning, then I would argue that we're playing very well. Um, at the end of the day... When you are on your summer holidays, it doesn't matter how you've played. All that matters is you've got the three points in the bag. Um, If you take the last two league games we've played before, obviously, Morecambe at point of recording, we've played at Creighton away, which is a very tough place to go. And if truth be told, we were dreadful um, for the 90 odd minutes. Um The game had very little quality. It was a horrible night. Um, we had a huge deflection for the first goal and then the best bit of football of the game got us the second goal when we really needed it after Accrington actually had us penned in our own box for about eight or nine minutes corner after corner um, the game before that against Forest Green look, I mean a lot of people have said a lot about Forest Green this year and if truth be told it was a relative training exercise for us um, we nicked an early goal and I think we we attempted 815 passes or something was a ludicrous stat in that 90 minutes, um, which is more than Manchester City get quite considerably. So um, I think we completed a fair share of them as well. And we, we nicked a second goal at the start of the second half, which killed the game. As you say, the Barnsley game was a tough one to take because we were competitive for an hour. Um, and then unfortunately, it all unravelled. In the last half hour or so, um, we just sort of, I don't know whether it caved in, collapsed, one of the two. Um, but bef- even before that, you know, we we came from behind to beat Derby at home on Sky um, to get a win at home. And again, the game before that, we beat Charlton at home. So the common denominator in all of this is three of those five games have been at home and three of those five games we've won. Um So, I'm sure you're probably going to touch on it in a minute about the home form, but that is going to be crucial if we are to make that big step.
3: Yeah, well, I've jumped straight to the home form now because mightily impressive. You know, we we were, um, up until a few weeks back, we were one of the teams, one of the only two teams in the whole EFL to be unbeaten at home. You were not unbeaten, but you might as well have been. You know, what was it? Dropped. Um I mean last time I saw it it was dropped four points at home or something Yeah, stupid or five points, something stupidly low. Yes, you know, it, I think
4: I think it's played 19, 17 drawn one lost one at the moment, which is which is pretty crazy. If if you yeah. take the two anomalies in that, Fleetwood was a nil-nil and it was chance after chance after chance and we should have been out of sight, but we couldn't finish our dinner. And the the Port Vale game, we should have been three nil up by the time they even entered our half, if truth be told. Um and they were they were clinical. You know, I'm not taking anything away from Port Vale. They had hmm. a handful of chances, and they took they took them. And um, they that sort of gave us a bit of a wake up call, to be honest, because we'd had the bonkers run at the start of the year, and yes. then we had a we got pumped by Grimsby in the FA Cup, which. Doesn't look a bad result now, in all seriousness in that competition. And um it's it always
3: a, it's always a bad result to get spanked by Grimsby. I'm sorry. Uh,
4: well <laughs> in context, FA Cup quarter finalists. Um and then we we ground out a point at your place. Um and I mean you look on the balance of the game and there wasn't a great amount in it at the time two teams who had a real go at each other and a point was probably fair and we went to Burton the week after and we'd all but won the game. And I don't know, Adrian Mariappa must be about 43 years of age, but he managed to be unmarked in the middle of the area and got a 90th minute equaliser. But the home home form is incredible. Um, As I say there, we've got four of our last eight are at home. Um, We've got yourselves, we've got and then we've got a little bit of a break before we're at home again actually after monday um and then we're home to cambridge bristol rovers and burton all in the same week um mm. just before the end of the season so i'm not trying to put too much pressure on one week of the season but i'd say that week could be pretty pivotal as to who goes up at automatically
3: well yeah it very much could do um you know hope so i know speaking to speaking to gary who who will be doing the pod this week um, he's quite optimistic going away to you guys on Monday. I feel like you're the sort of team that we, you know, we could very much get a result against. The fact that it's away from home and what your home record is like really does scare me. You know, I, I'm just not sure if we are going to be able to be one of those. You know, it might it might genuinely only be two or three teams that have taken points off you at home come the end of the season. That, I'm not does, sure does if we're it... going to be good enough.
4: There's a very real stat as to why Gary should be confident and that's your record against the top six, which is absolutely yeah. bon- which is absolutely bonkers compared to the season that you're having.
3: No, it really really is. Um I mean if if now that Peter are in the top six it kind of ruins it a bit. But if you if you pretend Derby are still there and Peter Baran, then you know, we we've not dropped points. Or we're not lost, sorry, to any of the top six. You know, so Yeah it's
4: it's it's mad. And you went obviously went to Hillsborough the other week and got the point there and yeah. Um that's not an easy place to go anyway. um So th- there's a there's an area there to be optimistic.
2: Hmm.
4: I don't quite see why you would be optimistic coming to Home Park. Especially, and
3: that's exactly what my issue is,
4: yeah. Especially as, and I, I tried to reiterate this on um Twitter to a, a Barnsley fan this morning, Andy, off the Red All Over podcast. He was very punchy on theirs this week saying that we were going to bottle it Um, that right now, obviously everyone knows about what happened last weekend. Um, This side have a massive point to prove with the fan base after last Sunday, not trying to put too much emphasis on it, but there's a fair few questions and criticisms been thrown their way. Um, And as the Easter weekend could be coming at a really good point for them actually, because They've got two quick games to get out there, one away, one at home. You'd like to think that we'll beat Morecambe tomorrow. Um, And then obviously coming back home, opportunity to prove yourselves to the people again, to keep them on side as we head into the running. Um, I think the, uh, the beast is a little bit angry, unfortunately. And at some point this season, we haven't yet really put someone away at home. Um, we've played well against teams and got good wins but I've I've had a feeling all year that someone's going to cop an unfortunate one and it could be a bit of a landslide scoreline. It might not be Monday um, but I'm just putting it out there that I still think at some point this year someone is going to be on the end of one.
3: So, I know know I'm not going to dwell on it too much because I know you're not going to want to but seeing as you brought up Sunday I'm allowed to mention it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to kind of bring it into something else I was going to mention, because looking at the stats, now don't get me wrong, we are are very solid defensively. So the fact that we have conceded the same amount as you is, Mm -hmm. if anything, a positive for us. But the fact that you've conceded 10 more than Ipswich Chef Wednesday Bolton this season, and having watched the game on Sunday myself and seeing how poor defensively you were, is that is that something that's been prevalent throughout the whole season that there are games that you can just fall apart?
4: Um, oh, it's a bit this is a loaded question because <laughs> the three centre halves you started on Sunday, James Wilson, Dan Sky, and Macaulay Gillespie have been rock solid, bomb proof for the last two years. And they if you were to hand pick our Back three, because obviously we play with the three five two wing back yeah. system. Um, they're they're straight in. You know, there's no there's probably no debate. They are the three. Um, and to see what happened on Sunday was quite disturbing. Like none of us saw that coming, nobody could envisage that coming. Um, so I'd like to think it's a one off because in the well, they've probably been together for 50 odd games, I would have thought, without looking at it in depth, if not more. Um, that sort of thing hasn't happened to those three. You know, they've not been made to look as bad as that. And that's credit to Bolton. Bolton were very good on the day, thoroughly deserved the win, albeit we shot ourselves in the foot by the first three goals all coming from passages of play that started with our own throw-ins. Yeah. You know, we did sort of give them a leg up, but they were very good. If you take the 41 goals conceded, it's a really interesting point because uh, two of our last three away games... Have been a three 0 defeat at Barnsley, and a five two defeat at Peterborough. So in two of the last three away games, yeah. we've conceded eight goals um, against teams who really have come into some incredible form. I mean, Peterborough can do that to anyone at any time of the year. They ju- they just blow hot and cold. And oh, don't um, we know it. it must it must be infuriating to be a, a posh fan at times. But it it doesn't concern me. Um, it perhaps highlights more as well just how imperative Michael Cooper was um, in the first half of the season. Um, I sort of used to play down the fact that he'd won us however many points the the national podcasters wanted to throw our way, but it's pretty clear that he was key to our early success. And it is a shame he's out for the rest of the year, but hopefully his next game in a keeper's shirt for Argos in the Championship.
3: Well, well. As long as you pick up those points after Monday, then by all means, <laughs> <laughs> well, would not begrudge you going up at all? But um, especially considering, I don't really think I want to be travelling all the way down to Plymouth again next season. <laughs> um, so, looking ahead to um, Friday, uh, no, what day? What day is the game? Monday. That's the we on this,
2: Monday. Not, this yeah. Week,
3: this week has thrown me off totally. As I'm sure it has everybody else. Um, so, looking ahead to the game, on Monday. You said you playing sort
4: of a 3-5-2. Yeah.
3: Um so the, the wing backs are they are they more sort of defensive minded so that it's more of <laughs> a five back or is it a three back and they push
4: forward? I yeah, I'd be very surprised if we spent much of the time with- without being disrespectful to Lincoln or how you guys are going to set up i'd be very surprised if we spend long with five at the back um they play that's, more as midfielders re- that is reasonable yeah they they play they play more as midfielders to be fair to them um i mean barley mumba spends more time in the opposition half than he does our own um which is which is fine because i think he's better at that end of the pitch than he is the other um and yeah what i think what you will whether or not you'd be surprised by it or what have you, it's just the energy that the wing backs play with. Like Mumba and Edwards, they're up, they're up and down all game. Um, they carry different threats in both areas of the pitch. Um, there's no secrets to how Argyle will play, really. Um, I mean, if if Mark Kennedy will be watching, I don't know whether he's a avid follower of the Stacey West podcast, but I mean, I either, <laughs> it would it, it'll either be um, two tens or two nines and a 10 in behind um that's the only thing really we switch around nowadays um there'll be different combinations in midfield I'd have thought as well because we had the news this week that Adam Randall uh is back fit now after a couple of months out um so he will get a he'll get a game at some point over the weekend whether or not i doubt it'll be tomorrow if truth be told just because i think it'll come too quick for him mm. um so he might start on monday in the six um but the the big thing this year um is just the amount of depth we've got in the squad like last year we went into this stage of the season with about 19 20 players to call on um this year we're gonna we're gonna be leaving four or five players out of the squad every week now um so there's going to be depth there. a nice there.
3: problem I, to have, isn't it?
4: It is. And we learned last year that you have to have this sort of problem because um, we got caught out last year. We we lost Kamara and Hardy in the last month of the season. We lost Bolton in the last month of the season. Um, and that that really stopped our momentum at the time. But, yeah, the, the wing-backs will play with good energy. I don't think there'd be any surprises in the team. Obviously, it depends what happens tomorrow. Um you know, obviously, we don't know about injuries or anything that might be picked up in tomorrow's game, um, but I don't envisage it being too different. Whatever we set up with on Friday, I don't imagine it will be too different. Um, the only thing it might be is I think we might go too up top, just because the the fans have been begging for it on social media for the last couple of weeks. So. Um, whether or not they cave in at home and, and give the people what they want, I don't know. But um, Always the only risky the only title fight <laughs> it is, it is. But um, you know, we'll have we'll have a couple of options available up there. Um, so we got players coming back from injury as well, which will help. So. Um, the only the only difference it would be if you look at Friday's team and you try and predict what it would be on Monday, it would just be how what we do, whether we play two tens and a nine or two nines and a ten. Not yeah. a thought. Fair enough.
3: So it seems like you're quite optimistic. So to wrap it up, score prediction. What we're saying.
4: I'm never any good at these. Um,
3: <laughs> Don't worry me. And I, you said, both.
4: I said we beat MK Dons on the last day last year, and we were. We lost it 5-0. That was the last time I actually made a proper prediction like that. Um, Score prediction for this one, you're right. I am confident, but that's only because we've won 17 out of 19. Um, When you've got a record like that, I suppose you're foolish if you're not. Um, Although I was confident on Sunday morning as well. Um, And at about 10 past three, that had disappeared. Um, I think you guys won it in the 90-odd minute last year, didn't you? Max Melbourne Max with, a, Mel-
3: Max Melbourne with his, a... if I'm not mistaken, his very last touch for Lincoln.
4: Yeah, that, that may well have ended yeah. up being the goal that kept us in the division. Um, <sighs> so, we we need to get one back on you for that. Um, I'm going to, I'll tell you how the, I'd envisage the game will go. We'll go, we'll get a goal, we'll get through to half-time, we'll nick one early in the second half, because that seems to be what we're doing at home. And then we'll concede with half hour to go and we'll make it really difficult for ourselves um, because that's just normally the way that Argo do it at the business end of the season. So I'll, I'll go with a 2-1 um, and I won't be bold as to give you score scorers, but 2-1, but with Argo leaving it late to see the game out, I would have thought.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to flip that round and go 2-1 other way just to... Try and be somewhat optimistic.
4: <laughs> There's a lot of people who want to see us stay in League One. I don't understand what it is.
3: <laughs> it's not. It's not that. It's just I don't really want to have to be getting up at half past five in the morning to travel all the way down there to see us lose. So too. It's, really.
4: it's a. It's a ridiculous fixture to have on a bank holiday weekend. <laughs> it really is. No, I'm not wrong. I mean, we. we We're taking a thousand up to Morecambe tomorrow. And we we did that a few years ago, and half of them never made it because there was a crash on the motorway. Like it's whoever comes up with this fixture scheduling, they keep everyone relatively local at Christmas. They need to do the same at Easter. It's ludicrous.
3: You know, the rules fans are always the last people that they think about.
4: Well, yeah, very true. Very true.
3: Right. Well, thank you very much. Good luck for first off, good luck for your game tomorrow against Morecambe. And And uh, and good luck for the game on Monday.
4: And yes, and to you guys. After that. Yes. Right. Start Brilliant. trying start trying to turn some of those draws into wins.
3: <laughs> We're trying, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Joe. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate.
4: Catch you later.
2: Wonderful. Thank you very much, Charlie. Thank you very much, Joe, for giving us your time. Um, incredibly insightful. And um, I think Charlie's in with a in a competition with Chris for wanting to overrun because we told Charlie 15 minutes, he's done 20. Uh, I told Chris at the beginning of this show that we would do 20 uh, and collectively we are at 28, uh, but it's not all Chris's fault. I have said things as well. So we will try and wrap up. We know you're on Easter Monday or Easter Sunday. You don't want to be listening to us. But Chris, um, quick impressions of tomorrow's game against, uh, well, well, depending on when you listen to it, the game against Plymouth. We've got a chance.
0: It's not, um, it's not one of those games where we're going to go against a quote unquote big team where we're going to put five, you know, play 10 behind the ball, be really hard to break down. It's weird. Plymouth are top of, well, in the top two in the league, but they just don't, for me, they don't feel quite that same stature And on the pitch. It's interesting. What they've done just really well all season is something that we haven't. They've beaten the teams you'd expect them to beat. Um, so they beat Morecambe um, after going to go down early, actually, um, yesterday. Um, didn't actually create the best XG, but they came through what on paper is the worst team in the league now, Morecambe. Uh, beat Accrington, beat Forest Green, lost to Barnsley. Um, they have lost to Peterborough recently. Uh, they also lost to Sheffield Wednesday, but they beat almost every team below them. Um, you know, significantly below them. So they they do what they have to do well. You know, um, so on paper that would mean that well, we're a team that on they they'd probably, they'd probably expect to beat, but we know we we know what you're linking all season, and it's not quite as simple as that, is it? You know, we are hard to beat. We are. We are probably you know we're not that far away from being a top 10 size with the right additions next season and um, I, th- I think we could come away with a we could, we could come away with a win, I don't think we will, but I think we've got a good shot of a draw.
2: I will go on further. I actually think this is a winnable game and I think it's one of the most winnable games um, that we will play in a t- against a team in the top 10. I think they're susceptible at the back. I think when you look pound for pound, Actually, they've got players that I rate: Jordan Hutton, for instance, Ryan Hardy, for instance. But they've also got players who, you know, if you if we'd signed them at the beginning of the season, I would have gone really. Sam Crossgrove, for instance, James Wilson, yeah. Brendan Galloway is, is somebody who hasn't particularly impressed me. So. I, I I don't think pound for pound they're one of the you, like they have you know look you look at Sheffield Wednesday and you go Michael Smith scored a lot of goals at this level Barry Bannon's a quality footballer Aidan Flint's been here there and everywhere they are actually and this is I don't know how to phrase this without saying they are the best League 1 team in League 1 and by that I mean Sheffield Wednesday Derby Charlton Ipswich they're not League 1 teams so we're in League 1 now but historically they're not league one teams they've got players that are championship quality players they're paying championship quality wages they' financially they're well away Plymouth are a league one team these Plymouth are what we aspire to Oxford Port Vale Exeter Th- that's what all of those teams aspire to be so I take my hat off to him in that respect because there isn't another team that I look down in that top kind of six seven eight that I think there's a league one team Plymouth are oh, brilliant hats off Stephen Schumacher great manager but I think that I, I think if you hit, get them on the wrong day, they're shaky at the back. I thought at our place they were weak defensively. Um, they've got James Wilson in there. No disrespect, James Wilson couldn't get into our team when we won League Two, and so you know he's more more settled in a in a three. But yeah, I I just I think it's a winnable game. And you've said it's a draw. I've said it's a win. We're going to lose three nil.
0: We're not going to lose three nil. I don't think we're going to get. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get beaten handsomely by him at all. Um, I think we. we we Will be probably a bit more front foot than we have been against any of the other teams that are up there, though. Um, not yeah. going to be, you know, throwing, throwing, throwing bodies forward here, there, and everywhere. But I think we might see a similar style of performance as we did on Saturday. I'd be very surprised to see a different shape. I think we'll stick with our shape. Yeah, they play a back three. We're good at pressing against a back three. Um, so, you know what? Be really nice, really good test when it go all the way away to Plymouth. Is that is that a trip that no one really enjoys? if we can come out of that and hold our own and, and match them, that's just a real good barometer for next year, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah,
0: I, I, I'm going to go with a draw. I, I, is, well, what's really interesting is neither of us are going to go to the team that's second in the league and lose. But that's Lincoln City, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe Peter, that'd be Peter, a that. Pete and in the that. top six.
2: We have. They snuck in the top six when it was Derby in the top six, when it was Derby, Barnsley, Ipswich, uh, Sheffield, Wednesday, Plymouth and, and whoever the other one is up there whose name escapes me at the minute. Bolton we'd lost one we'd lost one game and we are and we're what we're seven games from the end of the season we've lost one against probably six of the best seven teams in the league and that, and and for me we, we just said it we talked about foundation we talked about kind of growth We talked about all that you know you've got to be solid you don't win anything if you're flaky I've just said Plymouth are flaky at the back but actually they've been solid when they need to be solid They look flaky against us, but you look at the XG that they've conceded in recent games, and you know, obviously, Morecam, they were never I can't get that now. Morecam 0.48, uh, Accrington 0.37, Forest Green 0.2, they uh, Charlton 0.36, Cheltenham 0.4. If one Plymouth turns up, they can shut you out, but I think that is as much your mentality. I think if you go and have a go at Plymouth, you'll get something from it, so right. I think that's that and um, we are 34 minutes in plus Charlie that'll be about 54 minutes so that sounds like a good Easter Sunday listen doesn't it um, so thank thank you Chris for coming on on at Saturday evening I'm going to go and clean out a fish tank you're going to go and Probably do something that rhymes with that, seeing as you're home alone this evening. Um, uh, p- football manager, I'm <laughs> <Yes. laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot it's not Ben. Um, <laughs> uh, and we will, uh, I think it's you and Ben on Thursday for the third podcast. I believe
0: the week. so. I believe
2: so, so. Yes, wonderful. Well, thank you for listening, and as always, up the imps,
0: up oh, the imps.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone
2: You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See
0: mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.